Heartfelt greetings to everybody here. And what I wanted to begin with is just saying something in the line that Shanti just mentioned about, you know, reflections, instructions on the topic of metta. Yes, we hear it again and again, and uh, we are exposed to it again and again. And if we open, no, if we listen with open ears and an open heart, then we hear new things. Because even though we might have heard the same thing about metta or the, or the same instruction last month or last year, now we are not at the same point anymore in our practice. We have come somewhere else. Our understanding um, has deepened, has become different. So the same thing, the same instruction can be heard in a different way. Or then it's really like, ah, oh, yeah, now I understand because now it's based on our direct personal practice. And so, you know, this is especially for those meditators who have taken part in the first part of the retreat. Now in the second retreat, we have people who are new to this retreat. Uh, there might be people who are new to this meta meditation practice altogether. And so we give the very basic instructions again. And the setup for this retreat is basically the same as in the first retreat, you know, going through the categories and then open up different groups until finally we have the boundless metta uh, without any limits, without any distinctions. Mm -hmm. So in this vein, I really encourage you not to fall into what can be a bit habitual. Oh, no, I've already heard this, you know, punchy something else. <laughs> but really have the ears open, have the heart open and listen to this and, you know, what is to come in the ne next couple of weeks. Listen to this as if you uh, heard it for the first time. Then it will benefit you most. And, you know, just now it occurs to me, I have been practicing medita metta meditation for many years. I have been teaching metta meditation for many years. And, you know, in these meta retreats, I say more or less the same thing. But, you know, for me also in teaching it and saying the same things, it's new. It's new again. You know, I do it with, yeah, that's the way it is. So I hope that we can all have this open attitude to the reflections, to the talks, to the instructions, whatever. Metta, loving kindness. Metta is the word 
as it comes from the Pali language. One of the most common English translations is loving kindness. But, you know, it's also friendliness. It's uh, benevolence or unconditional love, universal love. It's this friendly, benevolent, loving quality of the heart and mind. And so with the metta meditation, it is about cultivating, developing, strengthening this beautiful and very beneficial attitude of the heart and mind. Cultivating this quality of loving kindness, of metta in ourselves. As Ayavira Nyani has already pointed out yesterday, it's this well-wishing, it's this attitude of friendliness, of benevolence that is metta. We have to, or sometimes people think metta or with the cultivation of metta, um, they need to develop some kind of feeling. And, you know, sometimes we speak of the meta feeling, but this can be a bit dangerous because it's not a feeling like we understand it in our day-to-day lives. You know, it's not that the meta feeling is some specific feeling that we need to bring up or cultivate and only this is meta. No, it's this attitude of the heart and the mind, this well-wishing, this benevolence, being friendly, being kind, being loving, being open. But of course, because the mind and the body are so closely related or depending on each other, you know, when the heart and the mind is full of metta, it also manifests in our body as some sensations or, you know, as a pleasant feeling like Vedana, the feeling tone. Um, But we have to be careful that we do not limit um, metta, that it must be only a pleasant feeling. And if it's not pleasant, then it's not metta at all. But, you know, with practice, you will come to experience it for yourself. You will find out for yourself. And this quality or attitude of the heart and mind of metta, loving kindness, friendliness, and so on, of course, this is a universal human quality. Not only human quality, I would say, Also, other beings can be kind and friendly. You know, we know it from animals, for example. It's this universal quality, and of course, it doesn't belong or is not limited to Buddhism. We can find it all over the world where there are living beings. And, you know, in Christianity, 
we find it in Islam, in Hinduism, in other spiritual traditions. It's just this natural um, quality of the heart and mind that is free from any opposing forces. Opposing forces like anger, aversion, ill will, or jealousy, attachment, clinging, and so on. And as the Buddha has pointed out, this can be cultivated. We can cultivate and strengthen this quality of the heart and mind. And what I really appreciate about the Buddha's teaching is the fact that he showed in a very down-to-earth way how we can go how we can go about this cultivation. It's not simply, you know, be kind and friendly, but, you know, he pointed out the way by following that way, by, by, by practicing that way, we notice that we become friendlier, kinder, more loving. But it's practice. It's some work to do. You know, it doesn't fall uh, in our lap like a present from, from the heavens. And it can be hard work because the opposing forces will manifest. You know, they come up. You will deal with anger and resentment and aversion and clinging and these things while doing metta. But as we will talk about later, this is very natural and that's part of this practice, part of the purification of the heart and mind. So for the practice of metta bhavana, cultivation of loving kindness, we use phrases, wishes, as Ayaviranyani has pointed out yesterday, and use your mother language or the language you're most familiar with, really your heart's language, where you can easily connect to the words, to the phrases. And it's helpful to limit it to kind of a short, precise phrase or wish that really helps to focus on the meaning of the words and having a short and precise phrase also helps calm down the mind. It helps uh, for concentration to deepen. We have given you some examples of possible phrases that can be used like may I be well, happy and peaceful, or may I be safe and protected, or may I be free from danger and harm, or may I live at ease and in peace. Something like this. You know, 
more phrases, you know, to have three or four or five phrases, it's not actually necessary. And so then, as we have been instructed in the silent metta meditation, it's about repeating this metta wish again and again and again. May I be well, happy and peaceful. May I be well, happy and peaceful. And by repeating this wish, reflecting on the meaning of these words and really make it um, a genuine intention that comes up from your heart, from your mind. May I be happy. Yes, may I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be peaceful. And even if you are not happy at the moment, even, even if you are not healthy or peaceful, you know, it's the intention, the wish that matters. It's not the result. It's not that if we have repeated the wish 10 times or 100 times and we still feel not happy and we're still not healthy yet, that's not the point. It's really about this benevolent wish, this benevolent attitude, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of, you know, the outcome. And so often there's the question, well then, what's the use of just repeating phrases again and again and again and again? It's really to call this quality in the heart and mind that enables us to meet other beings, to meet life with goodwill, with benevolence, with friendliness, with love. Or another way to answer this question is it's to remove ill will, anger, aversion, any other obstructions from our heart and mind. This is what the practice is all about. So we do it to cultivate this quality in ourselves, in our heart and mind. And when we do this, this then will affect other people, other living beings. This will um, greatly influence how we deal with the world, how we deal with other people. So, you know, although, first of all, it transforms and changes something in us, it also transforms the outer world <laughs> just by virtue of our uh, strengthening metta. And so, you know, beginning with ourselves is to really connect to this deep-seated wish, which is not only in ourselves, but which is present in every other human being, in other beings. And so even if we think, you know, if I do it for myself, I'm kind of selfish, you know, it's just myself and I leave out everybody else. No. Even if you just do it for yourself, in a way, 
all other beings are included because you know there is this um, interbeing with other living beings you know we benefit others in the same way even if we just cultivate it uh, for ourselves so the other beings are not excluded actually they are not implicitly mentioned but they are included as well as we have mentioned in these two weeks we will uh, go through this systematic cultivation of metta, loving kindness, by using the different categories, as they have been mentioned in the Visuddhimagga, the path of purification, a commentary to the Buddha's teachings. I found this very helpful because we proceed from where it's more or less easy to where it becomes more and more difficult or challenging. So today we will still cultivate metta for ourselves, but also move to a benefactor. This is the first category, benefactors. And a benefactor is somebody we respect or somebody um, we think highly of, somebody who has helped us in any way. So naturally for such a person, there is already um, kindness, friendliness, benevolence. That's why this is the first category and we start with benefactors. Um, you know, sometimes there might be a benefactor in our life which we really respect and um, who has helped us a lot, but this benefactor may be uh, gravely ill, very sick, or meet with other adverse, difficult circumstances in their lives. And right to begin with the practice, um, I do not uh, encourage you to take a person, a, a benefactor, who is undergoing something difficult in their life. Because that might, you know, take your focus and then sadness may come up or worry because of this illness or that difficulty in their lives. So pick a benefactor, you know, who is a benefactor for you, but, you know, who is doing more or less well in their lives. No serious sickness, no big problems or obstacles in their life. And in the following silent sitting meditation, we will start with ourselves for about 20 minutes, half of the sit, and then I will guide you over to change 
to a benefactor. So then with this, let's settle in for our silent uh, sitting meditation. Make sure you sit in a way that is comfortable. Relaxed. The body is at ease. If you wish, you can gently close your eyes and take a few moments to settle into your body. Feel the body as it is sitting here right now, just the way it is. The upper part of the body is upright. Yet relaxed. The shoulders are hanging down. The hands placed on your legs. And notice the lower part of the body, touching sensations with the floor or the chair. Pressure. And again, take the whole body into your focus. Just notice it. Notice the different sensations. And then gradually bring your awareness to the area of the heart or the heart space. Does not necessarily need to be the physical heart. You can imagine it as a wide, open, light space in which there is room for everything. 
and then tap in to the wish in your heart, in your mind for being happy and well or safe and protected, being peaceful and free. And pick up a phrase or a wish that expresses this deep felt wish. Can be, may I be well, happy and peaceful. Or, may I be safe and protect it from harm. Or, may I live at ease and in peace. Or whatever your phrase is, Gently and softly repeat it again and again and again. Trying to connect to the meaning of these words and simply wish it to yourself. The simple intention to wish it for yourself is enough. And whenever the mind goes off, thinks about something else, simply acknowledge it and gently bring the mind back to the metta, to the cultivation of loving-kindness.
And now we will shift to the benefactor. So first of all, take a few moments to choose a person whom you consider to be a benefactor. Bring this person up in your mind, in your heart. You may have a visual image of this person or maybe you remember a situation when you were together with this person or reflect on the virtuous qualities of this benefactor, their wisdom or compassion, their patience, their support, so that you get a clear sense of who you have chosen. There is no need to have a mental image. It's enough just to have this kind of felt sense of the benefactor. And then we can make the transition to the benefactor by saying, in the same way that I wish to be well, happy and peaceful, may my benefactor be well, happy and peaceful. And then simply continue to cultivate metta for this benefactor. You can also say, may my teacher be safe and protected. Or if you want to put the name, may Gabriella live at ease and in peace. And in this way, continue to cultivate loving kindness for this benefactor. Repeating the wish again and again and again. And also here, just trying to have this heartfelt intention for this beneficial wish. And whenever the mind wanders, thinks about something else, notice it, acknowledge it, but then leave the thought and return to metta, to the cultivation of loving kindness. And even if you have to do it repeatedly, if you have repeatedly thoughts that take you away from the metta, Never mind, softly, gently, kindly bring the mind back to the metta. That's part of the practice, to come back to the cultivation of loving-kindness again and again and again.
With this, we end our silent metta meditation. So for the metta practice in the next 24 hours, practice it in this way as we have just done it. Half of the time for yourself, half of the time for the benefactor. This is for the formal meditations. So in a formal sitting meditation or a formal walking meditation, spend about half of the time for yourself and then switch to the benefactor. That's the general instructions. I know that, you know, for some people, it's easier to cultivate metta for the benefactor than it is to cultivate metta for oneself. And if this is the case for you, then please start with the benefactor. Start your formal sitting or walking meditation by cultivating loving kindness towards the benefactor. And then after half of the time or even more, uh, spending more time on the benefactor than only towards the end, switch to yourself. And see how that goes by building up the metta, the quality of metta for the benefactor where for you it may be easier and then taking that momentum of metta, cultivating it for yourself and see how that goes. And a brief word for those who have already done the first meta retreat. I would suggest, you know, stick to these instructions now for the time being and just see how it goes for you now that you have already, you know, go through all the categories that you have practiced um, more extensively. But now, how easy or how difficult is it to cultivate metta for yourself or for the benefactor? And then, you know, starting, I think, from tomorrow, the one month yogis, um, you will have the group interviews. And so then in these group interviews, we can look more personally on how to proceed with your practice. You know, what suits best your circumstances, your practice, and there we can give you individual advice. But for uh, yeah, today, until you have your group interview, I suggest just do it like this and see what, you know, how it goes, what the practice is. And those who have done the last retreat last month, if you want to stay with the same benefactor, you can do that. But if you wish to take a new benefactor, another benefactor, that's also uh, possible uh, that can be done. And then for the practice in the day-to-day -day activities, like the informal practice, 
you know, it's more the, the free-flowing meta practice, either just, you know, if you do meta for yourself or for the benefactor or for any person, any being that meets, that you are meeting, that you see, that you hear, that comes up in your mind. The main thing is to occupy your mind with loving kindness. All right. Thank you. And now I give over to Ayaviranyani, who will take in the questions and then do the chanting. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.